0: Hello, welcome to another episode of Daily Dose with Denise, where I believe a daily dose of God's Word is good for the soul. Today, let's take a look at the Father's love and His relationship with His children as shared in a parable given by Jesus in Luke chapter 15. Get ready, let's go. Today we're gonna look at Luke chapter 15. Now this is the parable that Jesus tells about lost things. He talks about the lost sheep and then he talks about the lost coin. But today what we're going to do is look at the parable of the lost son. So what does the Bible tell us? The Bible tells us that there was a man who had two sons. The younger son said to his father, give me my share of the estate. And you know, the father does that. Not only did he give the inheritance to the younger son, but he also gave it to the older. And if you're familiar with Jewish customs and culture, the eldest son received two thirds of the estate. And so he got his as well, even though he did not ask for it So after receiving his share of the estate, the younger son left his father's house. Now the father didn't put him out. The son left on his own accord. Note this, the son had nothing of his own prior to this. He didn't have anything, nothing of value. Everything he had had been given to him by the father. So once he gets the father's wealth, Then he takes off. He left his father's care to go into a foreign country. This is a place that was far from his father, you know, so he could do whatever he wanted to do whenever he wanted to do it without any restrictions, without any supervision, without anyone telling him what to do. I just assume that this young man was tired of the life of structure and order. I believe, you know, he wanted to be free of his father's rules. But at this stage of the game, he didn't understand the cost of that desire. So let's look over at verse 13. Um, It says that he, you know, went to the distant country and there in that far place, in that foreign place, he squandered his wealth where he wasted his wealth and he wasted it on Wild living. Oh, this young man, y'all, he was having a good time. He was having a good time without considering his future. He was reckless and he was immature with the plenty that the father had given him. He had no regard. He had no mindset of his actions at the time. So, you know how life is. He is now depleted of the wealth. So the wealth is gone. He was not a good steward over his provisions. He was constantly taking away from it, but then not putting anything in. So this young man is now broke. Now, I don't know how long it took him to get to this state, but he, he you know, he's broke. He doesn't have any resources that's bad enough. But then what happens after that is the Bible says there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. A famine is a shortage. It's actually an extreme scarcity or lack of food. So this young man got hungry, not not hungry, hungry, this young man, and y'all know hunger will make you do some crazy things. Esau, remember? Esau sold his um, birthright for a pot of stew. Hunger will make you do some stuff. So this young man did something that I guess he had not considered uh, before, and that is he began to beg. Now, that's that's what I'm going to say, even though the translation doesn't say it itself, but that's the implication that it gives. It says in verse 15, so he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. Now, some translations, that was the New International Version, read it slightly different, and they add that he forced himself on one of the citizens of that country country. Okay. Now I imagine, and I have no biblical proof, but I'm just imagining that this young man um, went to this particular citizen of the country because maybe he had partied with him. Maybe he had hung out with this man. Maybe he had spent his, his wealth uh, wooing and wowing this particular man. And so he went to him. This is my speculation, it's not biblical proof, for a favor. And so this citizen of that country, you know, gave him a job. I guess, for a favor, I don't know. But then, you know, what stood out to me also in this particular verse is the word citizen, because it doesn't name this person. It doesn't say who this man is. But in the New International Version, the word used is citizen. So I want to pause here just for a moment to consider this, because I believe this is important. It shows for me that this young man did not belong where he was. He was not a legal resident of that place. He was not a citizen of that country. As a matter of fact, he um, should have been there only temporarily and, and not to be permanent in that place. Hmm. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's think about it. He didn't belong. At least that's my insight on that. So anyway, the citizen of that country sent this young man into the fields to feed the peas. And this man was in such a condition that he went and he did it. The thinking here to me is when you are in a bad state, hey, you do what you gotta do to survive. You know, you know that adage that says desperate times calls for desperate measures. And this is where this young man is. This young man was Not, you know, this is problematic, too, because this is something different than this young man was accustomed. He was not used to this type of lifestyle. Okay, he, he is now in the fields with the pigs. Now he wasn't brought up dealing with pigs. He didn't eat pigs. He did not feed them. As a matter of fact, he, probably, he didn't even have any pigs. They were uh, forbidden at the time and seen as unclean. And the Jews certainly would not have touched a pig. But then the Bible tells us that he's in this pig pen and he longs to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Hunger is something. Some of us have attitudes when we get hungry. We are difficult to deal with, you know? I mean, hey, what they call it, being hangry? Well, in this particular case, this young man isn't hangry, but he's hungry. He's longing to fill his belly with something. And at this point, he'll even eat what the pigs were eating. He was in a low place. And the ones he had parted with are nowhere to be found. No one is there to help him. I want you to recall that there is a famine. And when things become short, you've seen it in this pandemic, people begin to hoard. People begin to buy up and store for themselves without the intent of sharing with others because they believe that if I share, then I won't have enough for mine. So this young man was hungry, he was hungry. This was a pain that he had never felt before, you know? So something happens though. There's something that happens. There's a turnaround that's about to occur. There is a change of perspective. And when we look at that, we will see it in verse number 17. The Bible says, when he came to his senses, this is what Jesus said, when he came to his senses, He said something, you know, confession is good. You know, the words that you speak have power. You know, they have power to produce life. They have power to produce death. He said these words, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? Servants, people who work for his daddy got food to spare. And here I am, he's a son and I'm starving to death. He says, I will set out, go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like a hired servant. Okay. That's, that's what this young man says. This is, this is the turnaround. This young man was sick and tired of being sick and tired. Okay. He was sick and tired of his condition. He was sick and tired of the position he found himself in. He was going through a turnaround. He was going through a change of thought, listen, he remembered the father and he remembered the security. He remembered the provision, the peace, and even the joy, not that he had, but that the servants had there. He recognized that the servants had more than enough in his father's house. Now this is just a servant, y'all. I want you to consider the gravity of that statement, even the depth of of what he remembered because his condition was dire and he was in a place where he had no business. He was not a resident of the far country. He had a father who cared for him, okay? So listen, Um, he, he just wanted to have at that moment what the servant had because he was in this low place. He, this, this new thought was beginning to take over. And so he says, I'm just gonna go back to my father's house. Recall again, remember this, that he left on his own. Now he is returning on his own. But this time it's a different situation. See, when he left his father's house, he left his father's house full of himself he disrespected his father. He was full of pride and he despised the father as well as the father's house. Well, but this time, you know, this is a new situation. This young man has witnessed, he has experienced the difficulties of being away from the father. He has now recognized the error of his ways. So he has made a decision. He has been decidedly assured in his own mind that he's going to return to the father and he is returning to the father in humility and repentance. Yeah, he got up. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what it says in verse number 20. So he got up. Yes, that's the first step. When you decide to leave the place where you're not supposed to be, you were not planted in dysfunction. God, when he when he saved you and delivered you, he brought you up out of that. So he got up out of the place he wasn't supposed to be. That place he did not belong. He did not belong in the field or with the pigs or in the pigs pen. Uh-uh. He didn't even belong in that country. He was just a visitor, a wayfair traveler, you know, passing through, but he got there and got stuck, but he came to himself. And when he came to himself, he got up and he went back to the father. So I'm sure this young man on his way back to the father was rehearsing the words that he was going to say to his father. But what he didn't know, that the father had been looking for him. Even though this young man did the detestable thing that he did, his father constantly longed for his son to return home. Well, on this particular day, when the father is on his lookout post, looking for the son, he sees him. And and Jesus lets us know in the parable, he sees him when he is a long way off. I want you to not read over this or hear this lightly. Notice what the word says. It's in verse number 20, the father saw him. Not many people see you. They look at you, but they don't see you. Well, the father saw him. And I imagine that this young man looked very rough and rugged and dirty and weary and worn. Remember, he had just left the field. He had just left the pig's pen. And I'm sure he had a stench on him. I can imagine that this young man looked very pitiful. He looked like he had been to hell and back. You know, he had a distressing look, but the father saw him. He looked beyond all of the faults and the flaws and he saw his need. So the Bible says that he ran to his son. Now, this is the lost son that he ran to the one that requested his inheritance before his father's death. And the Bible says, he was, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. When he saw him, he was filled with compassion. He was not filled with anger. He wasn't filled with regret. He wasn't filled with hatred. He was filled with compassion. And compassion, compassion will make you move. So this father ran to his son and he threw his arms around him and he kissed him. Oh, 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 can you see the reunion? Can you see this reunion? I I don't even know what this young man thought when he saw his daddy running to him. And, And I can imagine that the father was running with tears in his eyes and his arms stretched wide open. There's a verse in Isaiah that talks about it, that his arms are open wide. This was a joyous occasion. You know, the father could have held a grudge. The father could have banished him. The father could have killed him. But no, the father loved on his dirty, stinking son. So then the son begins to confess. And the first thing he he confesses is that he has sinned against heaven. He sinned against heaven because he dishonored the commandment that said to honor your father and your mother. Then he said he sinned against him by requesting, you know, his inheritance before his father's demise. He said, I'm not worthy to be called your son. He recognized that he was at fault and that he was in era. So this young man goes back to his father with a humble heart, confessing his sin. What does John tell us in 1 John 1 and 9? If we are faithful, I mean, excuse me, if we confess our sins, that he is faithful and just to cleanse us and forgive us of all unrighteousness. Come on, y'all. Y'all, come on, y'all. That's that's being humble. That's that's being able to admit your error and your fault. Now notice, the the young son said he wasn't worthy, and that's truth. Because we have sinned, and we have done things against heaven and against God. We are are not worthy either, but God. I mean, but God. Yes, but God, (laughs) as the son is talking, the father intervenes. You know, he's heard all he needed to hear. The son does not need to complete what he has rehearsed. You know, the son uh, had in his mind that he would confess that the father make him a servant, but the father is not interested in making his son a servant. He is more interested in restoring him to his natural state, which is his son. Look at verse number 22. It says, but the father. (laughs) See, the son was talking. He says, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son, but the father. See, but the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe." See, the, the father entered Feed. He said in him in his mind, and this is me imagining enough. I've heard enough. I I have heard all I needed to hear. Then he tells the servant. The servant is is the one who does what God tells him to do. He t- uh, what the father tells him to do. What the master tells him to do. He says, go and get the best robe, not any robe, but the best robe. And and then he says, put it on him. And then he tells him to go get a ring and put it on his finger, and then sandals to put on his feet. Now remember, this son hasn't cleaned up. This this son didn't even take the time I believe, to go present himself in a manner that would be pleasing, he thought in his father's eyes. No, he got up and came as he was. Y'all know, weary, wounded, weak, and sad. He got up and he went back to his father, and his father saw him, and when his father saw him, he embraced him. He covered him. He put freshness on him, a brand new robe. He put a ring and he put some sandals on his feet. And he didn't stop there. He went and he called for them to bring the fattened calf, the, the one who had been set aside for such an occasion as this, and gave the order for it to be killed. And he said, let's have a feast and let's celebrate and he gives the reason for the celebration this is about the father's joy that his son has returned he said this son of mine was dead and is alive again he is lost he was lost but is found this son was dead in transgression he was lost in sin but because he had a change of heart because he had a change of mind listen he remembered he repented he returned and he was restored now i I, you know that's some celebration that's some celebration for us and, and so the reason I bring this story up, there's another son in the parable, but this is not the day to talk about him. The reason I bring it up is because someone mentioned to me about once saved, always saved concept. Now I'm not clear on it, but I know when I read this parable here, given by Jesus, I see some things and it has to do with the father. The father is always waiting for us to return to him. It's up to us to do it. He is one who does not hold grudges. He forgives and he forgives readily. He's ready to embrace us even in our filth so that he can clean us up and restore us. He is God and he is God everlasting. Even though this son, he was safe and secure initially in his father's house, he wanted something else. He wanted something outside of his father's house But he took what the father had given him. He took the father's resources and he went to a foreign country and wasted what the father had given him on worthlessness. We own nothing. Everything we have is given to us by almighty God. And we too need to reconsider and reevaluate how we are using the master's uh, resources and wealth for our benefit. Or is it for uh, a good living? Or is it um, being wasted on things that have no value? I'm here to tell you, The father never sent the son away. Yet when the son recalled all of the goodness in the the father's house, he had a change of mind. The struggles, his struggles out in the world away from the father made him realize how much better his life was in the father's house where there was structure and where there was order. Now, you know, he thought he wasn't having fun or a life. Uh, fulfilled in the father's house, but he had to go away for a moment to realize everything he needed, everything he could desire, everything he wanted was in the father's house. So when he returned to the father again, the father embraced him and he was restored. The father will accept you too. If you come back to him, come back to him in humility, come back to him in repentance. He's waiting again. He's not one who holds grudges. He doesn't keep score. He has plenty, plenty of room to love. And even though in this particular story, an inheritance had been given. You know, the father gave the resources, but notice the father's resources are never diminished. Oh, father, we thank you so much for your love, your faithfulness, and your kindness. We thank you, Lord God, that even when we err, you are still waiting to receive us and accept us when we return to you, father, in humility and repentance. Thank you so much, Father, for your love, your faithfulness, and your forgiveness. Amen. Well, that has been your daily dose. Have a good day.